What's up, everybody? This is Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pace Rules Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pace Rules on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pace Rules Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers. Coming to you after a very unsuccessful three games since our last episode, the Pacers sit one and six, tied for equal last in the Eastern Conference. And we were beaten by Toronto twice and Brooklyn once culminating in a two point loss to the Raptors or three point loss to the Raptors today. And our best third quarter at 19 points, only losing it by two points. This, this is a hard podcast to record. I'll be completely honest. The three of us are all frustrated with where the team is at frustrated with the team's record. Um, We have to be, as positive as we can, but we also have to be as honest as we can. And right now there's not a lot to be positive about. The The only positive thing that we have at the moment is Chris Duarte, who continues to be fairly consistent, although taking a lot of shots, which rookies tend to do, particularly rookie guards. He's taking you know a lot of shots to get his points, but he's still getting his points consistently. Um, the rest of the team right now is either difficult to watch because of uh, poor form or alternatively just doesn't seem to be playing all that well together. It doesn't seem to fit well together. doesn't seem to flow well. doesn't seem to be all that fun to watch. Now wins fix a lot of that, but at the same time, this feels like it's coming to a head and we'll start there, Justin, we can't go on much longer like this is probably my first comment. Do you think that is a fair thing to say? Yeah, most definitely. I'll, I'll try and be as positive as possible. It is difficult in, the, in this circumstance. Like one, one and six. I know we mentioned, or the Pacers mentioned, how tough the schedule was to start the season. I was in the minority. I, I didn't believe the schedule was that tough. I mean, we've played Toronto twice, Charlotte and Washington. They're, they're not considered playoff teams at all. So um, I was thinking at least the Pacers would, would be about 500 at this point. And yeah, we sit dead last um, kind of below Orlando and Detroit, um, which, you know, I, I've been vocal on saying I, I didn't expect much from this team this season. I, I have not had high expectations at all. Uh, Duarte's coming on the block has made me a bit more positive on what the season can bring. But um, look, personally, the way I'm going to look at it, I'm not sure about Pacer Nation and fans out there, you know, if, if it's the end of the world right now. But personally, I'm probably giving it to the 20-game mark of the season. So another, you know, 13 games for me personally. And then if there's still struggles and they're still playing like this. I unfortunately think it's time to, to split this roster up. It's, it's a hard thing to, to talk about because we, now I, I want to preface this with, this is not an attack on any individual player. This is not a commentary on any individual player's ability to be an NBA player. What we are saying is that the way that this team is currently constructed and has been constructed over the past few years is not currently producing winning basketball, nor is it producing exciting basketball for the fans. We, uh, Alex, I think you said before the show that there were, you know, a little over 10,000 fans in Gamebridge Fieldhouse today, and we're ranking last in attendance at home this season, which is just the worst possible result, quite literally. But what we're saying, this team doesn't really fit. I mean, it doesn't flow. And I think, you know, it starts with the two big men and we'll, we can get into that in a little bit, but Alex, it's 
it's kind of hard to watch this team play right now with the brand of basketball they play with the players on this roster. There's, there seems to be very little excitement, creativity, flair, you know, love for the game. Um, you know, the, the team approaches things in a very methodical way, a very clear, you know, obvious way. And that doesn't make for the best visual basketball, does it? No, absolutely not. I mean, if you're not a Pacers fan, you don't want to watch Pacers basketball. Like it is that simple. No casual NBA fan is going to go, oh yeah, the Pacers are on today. Let's tune in. Like it's just not going to happen. And I think if you're Herb Simon, like you have to be watching this a Saturday night in Indiana, no Colts game on, and you only get 10,000 people at the third home game of the season. You have to be very worried because right now, as you kind of said there, they rank 30th in the NBA in terms of attendance, which every everyone should be embarrassed by that. That's terrible. Um, and, and when you're selling the same product of an injury-prone roster, that's what's going to happen. Like I, I don't blame people in Indy for not going to these games. They're not putting the best result forward, and they're, they're not winning games. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're here in Australia. We'd love to go to Pacers games, all three of us, but I don't blame people for staying home on a Saturday night instead of uh, going to see the Pacers lose. Yeah, I, I think one thing that's become more apparent to me, particularly since I've had kids is the entertainment side of basketball and the desire Mm. to want to take your kids to something that they're going to enjoy, that they're going to engage in, that they're going to walk away and go, wow, that was fun. I really enjoyed that. And, you know, basketball purists are going to hate this statement, but dunks and long range three pointers and ankle breakers and alley-oops and, you know, that Star those sorts of spectacular, well. what's that? Superstars, star players. Yeah, superstars sell tickets and that results in people wanting to come and see your product because after all, it is actually a product. You're going up against bar- college basketball, college football, basketball, football, you know, hockey, everything all around that people have the opportunity to watch, consume anything, professional wrestling, UFC, every product that is in a stadium that is watched by thousands of people either at home or in person, you are going up against that. And the Pacers have traded over the past 20 years, mostly on having that lunch pail mentality on having the ability to go give your best play a really strong fundamental style and get the W at the end of the day, more often than not, which they have over the past 20 years. They've had more winning records than they have not. They've never picked in the top five. You know, I've never never had the top pick in, you know, this century. So that is a successful basketball team in terms of wins. But it is, Justin, it's a product. You're trying to sell tickets here. You're trying to get bums on seats and... At the moment, it, it would be hard to justify to my wife and children to go to a Pacers game with the way that the product is currently being exploited, deployed, played. I don't know what word you want to use, but it's really hard to justify going to a Pacers game with the current product. Wins, once again, will save that to some extent. But even then, the on-court product is, is a little tired. Yeah, it is. And you you both make a great point. And it's kind of a catch-22 thing, right? Because um, Indiana, like opposing teams always say, Indiana is such a tough place to win and play in and because our fans are so good. But if they're not showing up, you know, it's not going to be a difficult place to play. And then we're not going to get wins. And 
kind of the way I look at it is you're talking about selling tickets and everything like that. Um, you know, I've, I've been to over 100 Pacer games in my life. For listeners that don't know, I've been in Indiana for nearly a year, went to all games throughout the, you know, Paul George era. And it was hard to get a ticket. Like there was a lineup yeah. outside and the fans were mental. Like one of the best probably fan bases in the NBA it was crazy. So it's, it's insane to see how much it's changed to now, which is kind of upsetting as a diehard Pacer fan. But, you know, from my point of view in this, I don't know if I should even be saying this on the podcast, but, um, you know, I, my favorite players have been Reggie Miller, Jermaine O'Neal, Danny Granger, Roy Hibbert, Oladipo, and now it's Steph Curry. Yeah. So yeah. What, what, what does that tell you? What does that tell you about the current team? I'm a Pacer fan. I don't like Golden State. My favorite player in the NBA is Steph Curry. But you talk about that era, right? And I, I was lucky enough to, to go to the, the US uh, on my honeymoon in 2014. And I, I went to a Pacers Heat game. I think I've talked about it before on the podcast in 2014, where Lance got ejected. We won by a point and it was just the most insane basketball atmosphere, the best basketball game I've ever been to. I doubt that I'll ever go to a better game with a better atmosphere than that unless the paces make the finals and i will fly over um if that ever occurs but look at who our superstar was paul george okay paul george did not have the best exit from indiana we know that paul george pulled off a 360 degree dunk against the clippers when we were on a fast break at the end of the game in i think it was 2013 2014 somewhere around there um he was a superstar that provided highlights regardless hit a logo three at one point 360 dunk like that was a commodity a star an attraction that people could sell themselves on people could say let's go and watch that amazing paces game that not only wins games but they've got this guy that is super athletic and capable of doing just about anything on any given night at the moment you look at our team and we are built around probably one of the most fundamental players in the entire NBA in Demata Sabonis. There is nothing flashy about what Demata Sabonis does on a nightly basis. He gets the job done. He is a great basketball player, but I do wonder if he sells tickets long-term unless you are leading a very, very successful team. Alex, am I being too harsh? Uh, I was thinking about this uh, last season. I think Brogdon and Sabonis might be the two most boring 20-point scorers I've ever seen. And that's not like that's not a knock, really. I mean, you're scoring 20-plus in the NBA. You're an elite player, right? But you look at some of the any other 20-point scorers, right? Like Devin Booker, uh, as Justin said, Steph Curry, Dame, and all these guys. Like, they're getting it in crazy ways, logo threes, and you don't have to do that. But then you look at Brogdon and Sabonis, no, no casual fan wants to watch them run like 30 pick and rolls a game. So I understand what you're saying yeah. completely. Layups, hook shots, jump shots. You know, we are not saying that the points are worth any more because they're not. A 20-point scorer over here is worth the same as a 20-point scorer over there. But the way that the game is played is important to fans. The aesthetic of the game is important to fans. And if you want to talk about attendance, even if you have a poor record, if you are an entertaining team to watch, you will sell more tickets than a more boring team to watch, regardless of record. So 
I think when we talk about attendance, that's that's probably something that I think needs to be addressed at some point. I mean, I, I'm not sure how you address it. I'm not sure whether you decide to play a different way, whether you like to favor certain players over other players because they play a certain style. I don't know, but at the moment, the other thing is there's not there's not a lot to get excited about other than Duarte right now as a Pacers fan. Um, we appear very set in our lineup, which, I mean, we've said it before, when this starting five is healthy in 2037 or something, then they'll be a force to be reckoned with, but they've never been healthy. And there is not one of those five guys that you can point to, except for maybe Karis LeVert, that can provide you consistent highlights. And he came back today. So we, we better talk about the games themselves. He came back to go, to go against the Raptors. We lost by three points. Karras didn't play in the second half. He was great in the first half. He was on a minutes restriction. He played 15 minutes. He scored 15 points. And in that first half, Justin, the, the team kind of looked a bit fun again, having a guy who could score. I mean, it wasn't, everything that we want it to be, but it was better than it was. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Win a winner chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, definitely. Hey, look, that's another positive. You're talking about Duarte being the other only positive, sorry. Um, I think Karis LeVert being back is going to be huge for this team. I, I just don't know where, like, I don't know. We've, we've all got these plays who are 16 to 20 point scorers. I think you probably need less of them and a few more 25 to 30 point point scorers i think we just got too many of the b grade players is that too harsh to say um but yeah look Karis looks great i can't wait to see him back on the court he's probably apart from duarte probably the second most pacer i'm excited to watch out there um but yeah it was kind of the same old same old like i don't like i don't even think it's rick carlisle's fault i someone no. asked me like oh is he is he doing bad like nah i I don't know what he could be doing more. He admit he made a mistake with not playing O'Shea against Charlotte. He played in the next game and he, he did terrific. I, I just, I don't know where to point the finger with this team apart from now, probably how it's been constructed and we're targeting injury prone players. So um, yeah. I, I want to I, I I, ask you guys this. Do you think that Warren, Sabonis, Turner, Brogdon, Levert will ever play a single game together? <laughs> No, I'm being dead serious. I, I no. don't think they will. I can't see it happen because, and not because they won't all be healthy at the same time, but because 
we're one and six. We've got the same record as New Orleans, Oklahoma City's at one and five, Orlando's one and six. Like these are teams that the Pacers did not think they would be mentioned in the same sentence as, and they've got the same record as these ball clubs. If this continues over the course of the next couple of weeks, there will be a reaction to this start. If we're, you know, two and 11, three and 18, you know, there will be a significant reaction to this. Now, I don't know whether that means roster, front office, I don't know. And I, I hope that everyone keeps their roles. I, you know, got great respect for everyone within the organization, but you cannot sit here and think that the owner will say everything is fine if we continue on this start. I mean, Justin, something at some point would have to give should the paces continue this sort of uh, pace. Well, I definitely agree with Alex. Yeah. Herb Simon's not going to sit there. If you're last in the league in attendance, it's, it's not a great sign. So I'm sure the question is going to be asked to Chad Buchanan and KP. Hey, why are we not getting people through the door to see our products? Like paces are always such a strong home team. Why, why the fans aren't coming out to see us? And, you know, the fans might be voicing their opinions with their wallets. No, like this is the same thing year and year again. We got told, you know, oh, once we're healthy, once we're healthy, once we're healthy. I'm sorry. This is the third year into that. I like all the guys on the roster. They're all great guys. You know, they probably do well in the community and stuff like that. Probably stuff us Australian fans don't see much of. They all seem very nice people, but this team is not functioning well at all. And I'm not, I don't even know who to trade. I don't know who to keep. I'm not that smart or intelligent, but um, I've seen some whack trade ideas from Pacer fans, which just make me laugh and go, it's not good. God, you know, God, I'm glad KP has, has kept this team intact. If these are the offers we're getting. Um, yeah. But there comes a point. Do I think, I mean, Alex, I'll ask you, but do I think this, this team is going to be the way it is after the trade deadline? I'm nearly a hundred percent certain it won't be. I don't even think it will be after Thanksgiving. Like that's probably 23, 24 games into the season. I've looked at our schedule and I'm being a hundred percent serious when I say there's only like three games that I look at in that time where I'm like, yeah, the Pacers will probably win that. And that's two games against the Pistons. Yeah. And I think the other one was like against the magic or something. Every other game I'm like, well, the Pacers could easily lose this without a doubt. It's, it's getting, yeah, it's getting pretty dire. I mean, I think it's got to start with the two bigs. I, I think, I think we you have to. The, the problem is I, that doesn't solve all your issues. I think it doesn't. I, I agree. I agree. Doesn't. I think yeah, that's where you start. I don't think that will be the last move though. How many? I just asked this question. How many genuine power forwards are playing power forward that would have also been playing power forward here ten years ago? Right now, I mean. Yeah. The, the list is extremely short. I'll, I'll rattle off a couple of names. Anthony Davis is a genuine power forward. Julius Randle is a genuine power forward. Uh, Christian Wood is probably a genuine power forward that, that plays there a lot of the time. John Collins plays power forward and is kind of a genuine, what you would consider to be a prototypical power forward. But uh, aside from that, you've got Paul George. You've got... 
um, Jimmy Butler playing some power forward. You got Miles Bridges that looks like a complete all star this season. Harrison, all Barnes. these plays, all these plays you're saying are having absolute breakout years. Yep, <laughs> and they're all playing the the what would be called ten years ago a small ball four, but now that's power forward. That is the power forward position in the NBA, and right now our power forward position is a center. And that is, once again, not a indictment or attack on Miles or Domas. No one forced them to play together. No, every, no one forced the two of them to uh, share the court aside from the team that drafted one of them and traded for the other and put them on the court at the same time. They are not looking out going, I really want to share the floor with another center. I definitely want to play two centers. I think wherever... Miles and or Domas go next. If they are the sole big man on the floor, that team will be more successful than this team. Um, and that's not saying much given we're one and six, almost every team <laughs> would be more successful than this team has been so far. And this record is not a true reflection of this team's capability. We know that, Like we had what three, one point, two, one point losses to start the season. We lost by three points today. We've been in you know, half of our losses and the other half have been kind of flattered us like the Brooklyn game. We, we were in that um, up until Kevin Durant didn't get ejected when he should have got ejected. Uh, and if he was ejected appropriately, then we probably would have won that game because they didn't have Kevin Durant on the floor. Kevin Durant's one of the best five players in the world, but he didn't get ejected. And, you know, we, we shouldn't be relying on a player to get ejected in order to win, but, I just, I'm at a bit of a loss, Justin. It's it's a really tough time to be a Pacers fan right now. Yeah, yeah, it is tough. And like I said, it's uh, it's it's really hard to put your finger on what on what's wrong. Uh, what's wrong with this team? Usually, I always know like, oh, um, that player's not playing well. If we trade him, or you know, he's. I, I just do not know what's happening with this team. Uh, one of the first times I've kind of been in this situation for twenty odd years, but. We've kind of said in the offseason, we just want a team to enjoy watching, whether they make the playoffs or they don't. You know, it's probably at this stage of nearly succumb that they're not going to make the playoffs. So I actually said this two years ago, if you remember, and you probably got, you guys did as well. What, what's our three-year plan? Yeah. You know, I'd rather build towards the future and say, hey, you know, let's have a three-year plan. There's teams out there doing it. Um, what, what's our three-year plan? Like, is it just, you know, oh, well, let's let's just be a tough out every season and, and fight for every win? And, yeah, that's commendable in a way. Like, you know, we're going to fight to the end. I, I respect that about the Indiana, but all in all, it doesn't even put bum in seats, and that's what the Pacers fans are obviously saying. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't know what the Pacers' three-year plan is, whereas you could probably say a lot of other teams where they're building, who they're building around. Who, who are Pacers building around? Someone tell me. I, I don't know. Like, is it Sabonis? Is it Lavert? Is it TJ Warren with the way KP spoke about him? Is, is it now this rookie who's come in? At, like, I don't know. Who's going to be our franchise player in two years? I don't know if you could answer that. And that's that's a really, really important question because the the whole idea of constructing a roster is to take the strengths of your best player and surround him with complementary players. Now... Domas's strengths are that he is a back-to-the-basket player who is a really good passer and a really good rebounder, but not a great defender. So 
who would you surround him with if you were building around him? You would surround him with a bunch of 3 and D guys, a bunch of guys who can hit an outside shot, who can, you know, give him the space that he needs, who can support him defensively. And we don't have that. We've got slashes in Brogdon, Levert and Warren who, you know, jump shoot, make jump shots, who slash to the basket, but aren't, you know, knock down wide open three-point shooters. The closest thing we have to that at the moment is Chris Duarte and probably Justin Holiday, who tends to hit a couple of three-pointers every game. But, you know, if, if we're building around a player, then it would have to be Sabonis because he's our best player right now. Um, and this roster is not, you know, playing to his strengths. So the, the next option is that it's like 2014 where, you know, you've got a really good starting five. And I'm sure that if you ask the front office right now, they would say that this starting five, when healthy in the biggest brackets you've ever seen in your life, when healthy, can stand up to the talent of the 2014 starting five, but it doesn't fit together as well as the 2014 starting five. 2014 starting five had a point guard who was more than willing to take a back seat in just about every single game and not take any shots if he didn't need to take any shots because he would get Paul George and David West to do the line share of the scoring. Lance was the unpredictable one. Roy Hibbert was our rock on defense. It made sense. This team does not at the moment make sense. That might be because they haven't had an opportunity to because of health, or it might just be because it doesn't make sense and we've got to make some moves. I mean, at some point, Alex, something's got to give. Well, they locked themselves into Brogdon for four more years, so that pretty much crosses him off. He can't be traded this year, and he was in a bunch of rumors. Uh, so literally on the starting lineup, like no one's going to trade for TJ Warren. No one knows when he's going to play, and he's got one year left, so cross him off. The Pacers aren't going to trade Sabonis or Levert, so it leaves Miles, right? Like I yeah. still think he's the most likely to be traded, but as I said earlier to your point, trading Miles doesn't magically make us – a playoff team, right? Like this is the worst defensive makes... team in the league. <laughs> well, yeah, it will, it will obviously cost us a ton on that end. Maybe it's going to fit better with Sabonis and the rest of the guys, but yeah, you, you can't just trade miles and pray that all your problems go away, which is what a lot of paces Twitter uh, things going to happen. So yeah, it's a, well, it's a tough one. All I'll say is I couldn't imagine your Twitter page, Alex, if, if, if miles got traded in the first game for the, his new team, he, he did what he did against Washington and put up 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, look, and, and as I said, I think regardless of who we trade, they will have a successful career at their next ball club. That's the, there's an yep. air of inevitability to that where you can't win. You can't, unless you somehow land yourself a star, an all-star player for two of your starters, you can't win this situation because if you trade miles, he's going to ball out somewhere else. If you trade TJ Warren, he's going to ball out somewhere else. Like there doesn't seem to be a way out of this other than, you know, to kind of grit your teeth, shut your eyes and and hit the trade button. And, uh, but, and the best Adam, if, I mean, if anyone from the paces is listening front office or whatever, I, I will speak on behalf of pace nation. I think Pacer fans will literally be fine if they go and ball out, even play better. Because as a Pacer fan, you just have yeah. to sit there and say, mate, we, we had to trade. We had to do something. Like yeah. Yeah. if Miles gets traded and he, he averages 20, 15 and five for another team, I'll be happy for him. And it's like, mate, we, we just had to do something. It, yeah. it, 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 
ran its course. So, yeah, if, if anyone's listening, I'm sure the fans are not going to be like, oh, why'd you trade him? They would all understand, look, moves had to be made. Yeah. And, yeah, this is a really unique situation because usually it's, you know, there's a witch hunt for a certain player on a team that's not performing. This is the complete opposite of that. We just know that it's not working and we know that a change needs to be made. And we also, you know, understand that that change is not going to make us happy because we like all the players on this team, but this team's not performing. So, you know, we we hope that there is some change. We hope that that change does not disrupt or make someone's life more difficult, having to change states and teams and schools and all that sort of thing for their family. At the same time, if you want to win basketball games, I think it's becoming clearer that you can't win basketball games with this roster as it's currently constructed. Um, And that is no one's direct fault, although it is KP's responsibility. You know, I think that's the, you know, we're trying to, I guess, be as positive and as respectful as we can, whilst also saying that this is not meeting our expectations. And I think Kevin Pritchard would be the first person to look at the current record and say, this cannot continue. And if it does continue, something has to change. Uh, I don't think it's being disrespectful saying that, Alex. I think it's just inevitability. No, I think everything, all three of us have said is fair. Uh, you know, as Adam, you said earlier, just to start the podcast, we we try to be positive. I hate doing these episodes where we're all negative and we're depressed. Like the the Miami Heat series, I hated doing yep. those episodes because I didn't want to watch the paces. It was a chore. I've said this like time and time again. I want to wake up uh, at whatever time we all wake up and be excited for the paces. That's all we're asking for. So uh, hopefully something changes soon. I uh, love how you added whatever time we wake up, Alex. Seeing as you wake uh, up, I'm not disclosing. Minute. I'm not disclosing what time <laughs> I wake up, boys. <laughs> um, and Adam, oh, we're oh, we're seven games in. Adam and Alex, has has there been an alley oop dunk yet? Uh, we've said the years. Oh, pace is going to get more athletic. Have we had an alley oop dunk yet? I don't think we have. Have we? No, and Isaiah Jackson is currently today. injured. No, so I'm I'm quiet. We might go all year without one. That's my big call. Tweet the Pacers if if we get one. Tweet my personal account. I want to be updated. I don't care if they're playing at 4 a.m. in Australia. I need to wake <laughs> up when there's an alley-oop dunk because it's groundbreaking stuff if they do one. Yeah, and look, if you tweet us during the game that there is an alley-oop dunk, then you'll go into the draw to win a Pacers jersey. I think that's yep. uh, the Pacers flow, Joes. We, we saw someone tweeted that they forgot their sign today. So... Uh, next time we play, uh, please remember your sign to go and tweet at us to go in the draw to uh, to win the uh, the Pacers jersey. I think we play San Antonio in uh, about 36 hours. So if you do get the chance to go to that game, snap yourself with a Pacers uh, sign and uh, who knows, you might just get one of our Flojos to be able to wear to Pacers games in the future. Hopefully the next episode is a lot more positive, guys. We haven't enjoyed doing this, but at the same time, we've got to be honest. We've got to be fair uh, and we hope for more wins. This has been the Pace Roos Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.